I'm Darren Steele, and this is the Think Queerly podcast. Now, in my work as a coach and the information that I share through my articles and my podcast, my purpose is helping human-hearted creatives to cultivate more acceptance and connection and peace of mind so that they can experience more freedom and impact and joy in life. That's what I do for myself. And as I continue to study and learn new ways of practicing this, I'm also concurrently sharing this with you so you can experience the very best of your life and live in the most compassionate, connecting, and human-hearted way possible. I'm going to share something very personal with you today. My manifesto. It's a funny word. If you look it up in the dictionary, it says a manifesto is a written statement declaring publicly the intentions, motives, or views of its issuer. Now, we often think of manifestos as a bit of a heavier thing, maybe a violent thing, maybe the words of someone who is not emotionally stable and takes out horrific actions against a group of people. Unfortunately, that has been where most of us seem to see the word manifesto show up. But it's a very good word for the beginning of its description. A written statement to declare publicly. Now, often coaches, personal development authors will say, you've got to share what you're working on. You've got to share your goals to make them real, to have accountability. Well, there are certainly issues with accountability when people feel like they're not doing what they said they were going to do and maybe start future forecasting failure. But as long as you feel comfortable, as I do enough at this moment to share this and have a reason, then saying what's most important to you and why you're sharing it to what end may elevate your internalization and understanding and acting on your manifesto. So this is how I create myself every day to be my most authentic self. And the credit for this exercise goes to a coach I follow and have been following for many years, uh, Rich Litvin, who originally published his manifesto um, in late June of this year, and apparently is something he's been doing for the last 10 years, and he learned from his coach. Now, you've probably heard of affirmations. You've probably heard of writing down your goals and carrying them around in your wallet or putting them in post-it notes and sticking them up on your wall so you can see them every day. And that maybe you should use this SMART acronym, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, timely, and all, none of those things really matter per se. And they're not all appropriate to what a personal manifesto is. This is not my purpose. This is not my mission. This is not what I stand for. Rather, how I create myself every day is a set of truthful statements. They're not affirmations. They're not future-based thinking. 
I have these on a single piece of paper. I update them from time to time, and I've updated them many times since the end of June when I first wrote them. I have them printed out on a piece of paper inside my journal. So every morning I open up my journal to the page where I can start writing for that day. I unfold the paper. I read them aloud if no one else is there, or I read them silently to myself, and I get to journaling. Now, these are statements of facts that I see demonstrated in my daily actions. These are not statements of me trying to reach perfection, the ideal Darren. They're not me making goal statements. They are simply about speaking my truth of who I am into reality and in the present moment. In a sense, you are what you are conscious of. So if you consciously intend, if you consciously choose to be, to feel, to think, to behave in a certain way, you're practicing that. Now, for example, and I'm going to read my statements to you shortly. At at one point I say that a few things. I say, I am a calm person. So when I say I'm a calm person, that is true. But also sometimes it's not true. So what's that mean? For my well-being and how I create myself every day, I realize that if I'm not calm, that only means that I wasn't paying attention. That for some reason I've fallen off track, I've become distracted, or I haven't been doing something, perhaps one of the things mentioned in my personal manifesto, that's an activity, a necessary element for me to be my most authentic best self. Maybe I haven't been taking care of my health, my fitness, my sleep, or my eating, which is part of one of my statements. And that may be why I'm not feeling calm. Or I'm not really in integrity with something else. So think about that again. You are what you are conscious of. So I'm going to read you my manifesto and I'll stop to make some um, points about what I've written. I am Darren Andrew Kelly Steele. I am a thoughtful, contemplative, calm, and compassionate person. I love learning and teaching. I seek to listen and understand before I respond. I cultivate the lessons of the Tao Te Ching in my life and practice human-heartedness. Now let me make a few comments here. Like I said earlier, sometimes I'm not thoughtful. Sometimes I don't want to think or I'm feeling arrogant. And I mean thoughtful in the sense of, in the sense of like compassionate. And thoughtful and compassion and calm and contemplative, for me, all really work together to enhance each other into something much greater. I love learning and teaching. That's, that's a fact. That's been me my entire life. And I seek to listen and understand before I respond. That's been a big challenge for me to want to be reactive, having been defensive growing up in the closet, always feeling like I've somehow had to protect myself from the opinions and the criticisms of the outside world. So I, in reading this every day, It makes me more mindful going into my day, or it makes me mindful of how 
I acted the day before. And by reading this every day, it's not an affirmation saying, I will be, it says I am. I seek to listen and understand before I respond. And I recognize when I read these words repeatedly, day after day, how much better my practice at these things, these behaviors, is becoming. And in that, for the last, since about February, that I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for my research that I've been terming human-heartedness, I've put that in there because this is a fact. This is such an important part of who I am now and that I'm taking lessons from the Tao Te Ching while I'm figuring out how it is I wish to share this information with the rest of the world. So going back to more statements, being vulnerable is one of my great gifts. I challenge the status quo and ideological thinking, even when it feels uncomfortable. I am a deep thinker, a reader, a writer, and an author. I speak from the heart and my experiences to share my observations about the world. I am a thought leader and a philosopher at heart. Those are two separate paragraphs. I'm a deep thinker, and I always have been, in my head. But what does that mean? Well, it's resulted in me writing and podcasting, and I've self-published. But I say I am an author because authorship to me means that I have or I will be putting out something that will be a collection of my thoughts and ideas in a form that can be digested by, by the public in a greater way. To say I'm a thought leader and a philosopher at heart, that was hard for me to put in there. Because I've struggled with the term thought leader. I thought it was pompous in some way. And then I realized I know what it means for me. It means I'm constantly working to improve my thinking, my critical thinking, using compassion with thought, um, working to be more uh, impartial in my witnessing, um, to think as best I can without judgment, to try and take in both sides of the equation. And that the work I'm doing in my understanding of the Tao Te Ching and other things that I'm reading, for me to get clarity about how to say what it is I want to say, does make me a philosopher because I am really concerned with and fascinated by the problems we see in the world about how to create a morality that is fluid, is not dogma, and is not ideology. Well, that's, that's a philosophy. And so when I say that, and every time I say that, and every day I say that repeatedly, I accept it, and I see that and feel that as part of who I am. So continuing, I help human-hearted creatives cultivate more acceptance, connection, and tranquility to experience more freedom, impact, and joy in life. My purpose is to freely love who I am and to freely create the life I want and to help others do the same. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you will know those two statements. The first one is really, you know, my, my coaching philosophy that I help human-hearted creatives cultivate more acceptance, connection, and tranquility. And then my purpose, I discovered or 
refined and then aligned with in January, February of this year, that I coach around acceptance and self-acceptance and love and connection and being free to create the life you want, personal liberation, has, has been ultimately what I've been doing my entire life. So then I move into some aspects of business that are a part of who I am. And I say, the amount of money I receive is an abundant expression of my creativity, leadership, and service to my clients and audience. I work with clients who are ready and willing to pay me my rate, which helps me to freely create the life that I want. To me, that's important because what I've done there for myself is I've incorporated my purpose into work that I do for others. So the better that I do my work for others in the sense of people understanding, people taking my ideas to heart and using them to improve their life, or people deciding to actually do work with me one-on-one for personal transformation, for coaching work, their thanks to me will be their payment to me. And then I don't have to worry about a number or a percentage increase. Simply, I'm responsible for the abundance of income I receive in my life by the quality of the work I do, but more important than just the quality, by my ability to disseminate, to make this work available and easily understood and easily actionable. So the last two statements... I am healthy, strong, flexible, and have a lean, muscular body that I respect and care for by moving and eating consciously every day. Health and fitness has been a huge thing in my whole life, having had health issues as a young boy, growing out of a lot of allergies in my teenage years and uh, past puberty, and then doing health and fitness and nutrition coaching for about 15 years, um, ending that career about when I turned 50. And a healthy body and how I eat and and being conscious of all those things, I know makes me think better, think more queerly, makes me think more queerly, think more clearly, (laughs) and helps me to know that it's one less thing for me to have to worry about. So if I'm not feeling well, I have to take care of that first before I can work on my writing or my thinking or my coaching work. The last line, I'm relaxed and playful with Christian, my partner. I hear everything he says with love and without judgment. I seek to bring love and joy into our relationship. And if I'm not sensing that, I consider my role in making that happen. Now, the last bit of that sentence there, I pretty much took directly from Coach Rich Litvin, who I mentioned at the beginning, um, where I first heard of this exercise, it just, it struck me as how vitally important that statement is for a healthy, loving relationship, be that with your best friend or whoever you are very, very close to. And in the case of my partner, Christian, we're in our ninth year together and he is the more playful and silly and laugh at the drop of a hat or randomly for no reason. And I'm the more serious and uptight. And so 
to say I'm relaxed and playful with Christian recognize the dynamic of the two of us being together. And I have always been more easy to judge and jump to conclusions. So for me to say, I hear everything he says with love and without judgment is so important because in the past, when we've had some troubles, it's because I've been too hot-headed and hard-headed and was too upset by something that he said, not willing to admit right away that those were my issues. That was my ego. Those are my old defense mechanisms that were blocking the openness and, and a path for more growth for myself. And I just love this line. I seek to bring love and joy into our relationship. And if I'm not sensing that, I consider my role in making that happen. So far be it for me to say, well, he's not doing this, therefore, no. Takes two to tango, as the old expression goes. So it's up to me to build that bridge, as it is with all things, as it is with things I've talked about in other podcasts about contention and division and polarization. It starts with us. It starts with your closest relationships. And if you can come from that point, your, your, your closest relationship, how do you relate to the people you love and care for the most? And what if you took some of those practices, the ways in which you act with those people out into the larger world and thought about that when you were about to send a tweet or share something on Facebook that is is first an attack on what somebody said. Ask yourself the question, is that how I would talk to my partner, to the person I love the most? So I hope this has been helpful. And I'd love to know what was most meaningful to you and how you'll act on this. And I've put the link in in the show notes if you want to contact me and, and let me know what you've taken from this episode. And if you want help with how to do something like this, you can reach out and ask me for that as well. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>